Hey, this is Ryan Weathers, and you're listening to Friars on the Farm podcast. Welcome to Friars on the Farm Podcast. I'm Donovan, and together again with me to my left is Roy. Together again, and together. we are hungry for more. Hungry heart, man. We, um, interesting week, lots of minor, now minor league baseball starting to get into the swing of things, but, you know, to start off the, to start off the, uh, the podcast with a little bit of major league news with some, uh, friends of the podcast. Yes. Congratulations to Ryan Weathers and Yvonne Castillo for each getting their first major league hit yesterday. Yeah, I, I was doing laundry and, and I saw the Ryan Weathers on, on on my phone down in the laundry room, and then I was getting ice cream, and uh, <laughs> I had it on in the car. I'm like, yes, yes. Well, we were there. Yeah. Oh. And when Ryan stepped up, I said to Angela, I was like, this would be a great moment for him to get his first major yeah. league hit, and there it is, yeah. right up the middle. And it wasn't a, it wasn't a, you know, a little dying quail. It right. was a. It was solid hit, hit up yeah. the middle. Yeah. And then Castillo hit a right down the line, got his first RBI on the hit as well. And that was huge. Like, it was. It, it, the whole thing about the Potters this weekend is the, the home runs, the Tommy Pham home runs are like, you know, usually that happens when they're down or up by 15 or whatever. It's like useless. These home runs have made a difference. Oh, yeah. Yeah. I had this te- the, the team is finally. It's funny that half the roster apparently is gone, you know, on the IL because of COVID or injuries or whatever, and you've got a bunch of subs essentially coming yeah. in. And, Castillo, Kiplahan, Brian O'Grady, yeah, John Andrioli, and and all of a sudden the team starts Winning. starts starts clicking. Winning. They are hungry. So now, hopefully today, Profar and Mateo are on the field playing catch. They might be activated today. Uh, and then they say that the rest of the guys are going to be falling in the the, follow, the coming days. Now so that's, so they, then they have tested negative twice for COVID. Yes. And okay. there's also a seven-day mandatory. So for contact tracing, they have to be out for seven days. Right. If they tested positive, they have to stay out for 10 days. Last year, I think it had to do with the testing. They had to test negative twice right, right, in consecutive right. days. Now there's a mandatory days they have to miss. But if they were vaccinated, they didn't have to contact trace or they didn't have to. So that just right. leads right into, you know. Yeah, and I'm not going to go down those narratives. But you know what? I just got my second shot today. Everybody out there, please just get the shot so we can move on with life. I'm in food service. I have to wear my mask regardless of everyone in my restaurant is vaccinated. Right, and don't go to Costco and give the guy working the front door a hard time because he's wearing a mask because his job says he has to. Oh, okay. Enough for that. Okay. So, <laughs> uh, so, but on that note, there was a uh, a memo that came out from the Major League Home Office, Minor League Baseball Home Office. Absolutely. So, uh, as vaccination rates continue to climb around the country and coronavirus uh, cases decline, Major League Baseball has relaxed some of the strictest restrictions on the on-field promotions and other activities. In a memo sent to the 120 affiliated minor league teams on May 7th, teams were told that they can now have on-field promotions, first pitches, and national anthems. So we were at home at uh, the home opener for the Lake Elsinore Storm last Tuesday, and I thought it was interesting that they had the national anthem. It was a pre-recorded thing that had been performed in an auditorium somewhere. So it was a local kid. I think there was a military tie and all that. Did a great job, but it's it's not the same when it's not somebody standing there on the field in front of you. It's a pre-recorded thing from. It just doesn't quite have the same feel to it. I did. I saw this. I went to the game on Saturday and. They had the, uh, what was the operation? Eat. And I think that was either done remotely or it was recorded where he had to get so many things out of the operation. You remember the game operation? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It zaps you. It had that. But they also had Kaz from the Lake Elsinore Storm was also on the field 
doing stuff. So it was uh, it was nice because that's you know that's what minor league baseball. The sure there's, Good. there's baseball. You know, watching young players, but the fun, the the family environment that you get from all the shenanigans that they have in minor league baseball, right. I think is really huge. Yeah, because so many of the people that we've spoken to from Brandios and then the GMs of the various affiliates were talking about how there's the show that happens outside of the game. And yeah. that's really a lot of the entertainment factor for minor league baseball. Yeah, absolutely. So Kaz was there on opening day, all six foot infinity of him. He's a <laughs> very tall young man uh, dressed in this amazing red suit yeah. with these sparkly red shoes. You just could not miss the guy. Well, and he's been a, he's a full time employee. It's like even through the pandemic, right? They were doing promos. Him and Thunder were doing promos. Yeah, and he's on the sales team and all that kind of stuff. And that's part of them having to wear a bunch of different hats. Yeah. Speaking of which, congratulations to Justin Jett, yes, friend of Padres Twitter, yes. for getting a job. Um, he is wearing a bunch of hats for them. I believe he's running the Storm Twitter account. He's also uh, something about digital media creation. Yeah. Um, so happy for him. He's yeah. he's also a, a media contact similar to our friend. Uh, uh, Dominic Lorenz yes, was exactly. in the past. Exactly. And uh, I, I saw him at the game running around. I was like, hey, Justin. And like, pew, 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 pew. Taking video, <laughs> posting stuff on on, uh, on Facebook, on, on Facebook, on uh, Twitter. Got to have a lot of energy. Yeah. So on those restrictions, there are still some rules that, with the exception of the first pitch in the national yeah. anthem, all other activities cannot take place within 12 feet of the infield or any uh, on-field bullpen areas. That includes any territory between the dugouts and the infield. Yeah. So they can do stuff in the outfield. Yep. They just can't do stuff near where the players are in between innings, which kind of makes sense. Yeah, they had them on top of the dugout for some kind of eating contest on Saturday. Okay. But they can do sack races and all the other stupid stuff that they do right. out. You know, spin your head around the bat and try to run and you know, take a frozen T-shirt and unfold it and put it on, <laughs> all that goofy kind of stuff. I can't remember which team has the, the, the tricycle races. That's... Oh yeah, uh, the, <laughs> and then there's the other one with the uh, the bouncy thing, and that's these adults that are tall. They they're just kind of like doing squats with the bouncy thing. It's it's kind of <laughs> embarrassing, but you know that's the beauty and fun of minor league baseball. Oh man, but let's talk about the moves. So there's been a lot of moves, like we just talked about a second there ago, were. with uh, you know with Andrew Oli, Patrick Killahan, and Ivan Castillo going from. El Paso up to the major league team. Right, they had their contracts selected, so those yeah. guys are making their well. Andrioli, I believe he was making his Major League debut. Okay. Um, and Castillo made his Major League debut. Kivlahan was with the Padres in 2017, yeah. and he's been up brief times, I think, with the Reds and with a couple other organizations. Right, right. right. But uh, an old friend in Patrick Kivlahan, and he's been making some contributions. Oh, yeah, definitely. And then took a bit of Marcano, who, God, I, I just love that kid. You know, oh, he, yeah. He's, you, know, you know, he's kind of up a couple times with bases loaded. Um, with varying degrees of success, but he, he's on his way. The glove is there. He's not afraid on the field. He's not afraid at, at the plate. He's always a tough out. Yeah. I, yeah. I love what he he draws tough walks. Yeah. And that's not something you see rookie kids right. with a, a dozen plate appearances under their belt do. Yeah. Particularly on Sunday when the guy just kept walking guys, kept walking guys, and it's easy for someone that's young. Hey, I want to make an impression. Let me hit the first pitch that's, you know, that's a strike. And yeah. he worked the walk. He walked a run it. Yeah. yeah. little RBI. Yeah, so Brian O'Grady, Nick Ramirez, those guys all came up from El Paso. Uh, so it was like a domino effect of transactions. So that opens up some spots on the El Paso roster. So Taylor Colway, uh, infielder Matt Batten, and outfielder Robbie Podorsky were promoted to El Paso. And we're going to hear a lot more Robbie Podorsky's name more in the rundown. Boy, that, it's, you're talking about speed kills, speed kills. But the, the guy can now. hit too. Yeah, absolutely. And they're coming up from uh, up to the missions, uh, from the missions up to... 
pardon me, coming up from Fort Wayne up to the missions, who's also contributed pretty good over there, Olivier Bazabi. Yeah, Olivier Basabi. I wonder if he's going to pitch in San Antonio now. <laughs> <laughs> now that he's made two pitching appearances, should we consider him an infielder slash pitcher? Maybe that, you know, as he gets higher, and let's see if that can be a thing. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe. So, I don't, he's not a two-way player. No. It was, it's been a couple of garbage time uh, games where kind of the game got out of hand, and it's like we need somebody to throw so we don't, you know, wear our, our actual pitchers yeah. out. But the guy's done well. He's got a zero ERA in two appearances. You know, it, it beats uh, God, who pitched for the who pitched this weekend. Oh, Matt Carpenter pitched this weekend. For right. The, in the seventh inning. God. Yeah, he pitched one in the third innings. Um, and then finally, for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, outfielder Grant Little was activated uh, for the 60-day IL. And I think it's interesting that we didn't see, I mean, at the time, I thought that we were going to see more transactions to bring guys up to fill those right. rosters. But really, they've kind of stuck with short rosters for a few days. Um, so now that some of the players are starting to come back on the major league roster, hopefully tonight, um, we'll see this domino effect right. kind of go the and other way. Down. And it's great. I mean, having Prudosi that get some looks in AAA and do well. Yeah. It is huge. He might earn a chance to stay. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, showcasing that speed and the bat. Um, so moving on. <laughs> moving on. Let's. Uh, so John Conniff was in uh, was in Fort Wayne a couple weeks ago. Um, you know, you saw his tweets uh, from, from Mad Friars, John Conniff. And he had an interview. He has to make extended interview with uh, Anderson Espinosa. That and was a fantastic read. He, it was. Anderson Espinosa has been one of the more intriguing players in the system for for most of us who follow. Yeah. Uh, and so I was really excited to see this come along. So I took a couple of excerpts from it. Uh, I didn't want to give you guys the whole thing. If you will, please subscribe to Mad Friars. It's five bucks a month. You get daily. Uh, you get daily reports on all levels of minor league baseball. And these excellent, excellent interviews uh, coming from the guys in Mad Friars. So this is for um, John Conniff to Anderson Espinosa. Your fastball looked like it always did. How were you able to make it look so easy? Anderson. He laughs. I've always had a powerful arm since I was a kid, but last year my fastball didn't look like this. Last year I was a little scared and didn't have confidence in being able to throw it without injuring myself, but not anymore. The key for me was to get healthy and changing the grip slightly on my fastball and curve. Very interesting. Mm-hmm. You talk about your curve. Your pitching coach, Jimmy Jones, said that you have a real good feel for it, but the organization has noticed you aren't throwing it for strikes. Is that why you developed the slider? Anderson, I'm trying to throw the curve more, but I'm also not trying to throw it for strikes. What I want to do is throw it initially over the plate and for the hitter to swing at it while it goes out of the zone because I'm not going to throw it 10 or 20 curveballs in an outing. Yes, I've always been working on a slider and a cutter. I thought it was interesting um, after his first appearance, uh, there was a quote that came out that apparently he was reluctant to throw the curve for a little while because that was the pitch where he hurt his arm. So I can understand being a little tentative yeah. to, to really let that pitch go. The psychological effects. Right. Yeah. And, you know, and that's not that's not uncommon. That, that's the guys in the majors. That's everyone that gets Tommy John. They're afraid to throw the pitch that causes the damage. Oh, right. I mean, it's like <laughs> it's like guys that get hit by a liner going up the middle, the pitchers that get hit, or batters that get hit by a pitch in their head. And, and they're, it's psychologically, it's hard just to step back in the box. Yeah. Or guys get the yips trying to deliver the pitch because they can't follow through because they're already cringing before the ball's even hit. You know, that's kind of happening with me right now with my leg. With with the uh, the hip is fine, but the muscles, ha- and I'm I'm strengthening them with working out. But when I try to run, I still like I'm 
I don't want to give it full power on that leg because I'm afraid I'm going to fall down. Mm. It, it has to be psychological because the power is there, the strength is there in the leg, but I'm not, I'm not ready to like. I don't know what I got to do to break that mental, that mental stop right there with with my leg. Maybe there's some uh, some hypnotists. They can help you out or something. <laughs> it certainly wasn't Eric and Danny that we put against her this week. They, uh, it wasn't the the fear of not doing well in front of them that stopped me. I well, they were limp- just hitting it over your head anyway, <laughs> so what difference does that make? You don't even need to run. Just turn and look. No. Um, moving on here real quick. What are some of the things you were doing to take care of your arm as compared to in the past? When I was younger, I did... I just did my throwing program before spring training. When I pitched, I pitched, and I didn't really experience too many problems. Now I realize I have to do more things than I did before to take care of my arm and my career. So, yes, I do a lot of throwing exercises, treatment, massage, needles, all types of things in addition to doing a lot of things to strengthen my body. By needles, I think he means acupuncture. Yeah. That's the first thing I thought of. Like, needles. Like, oh, needles. <laughs> Phrasing. Phrasing. Uh, it, it was a really interesting interview. There were some intriguing notes in there, a lot of stuff about his faith and about his support yeah. system around him. Um, Cause I can only imagine the kind of depression and anxiety that somebody's going through with, and he's been missing for four years now. Yeah. yeah and two Tommy John surgeries is, is huge to, oh. uh, to overcome. I can't even imagine, but still he, he's what 22, maybe 23. Yeah. Maybe. He's so young, still super young. All right, well, let's roll into our affiliate rundown. Yes. All right, so starting off with Lake Elsinore, um, on Wednesday night, Robert, Robert Hassel III, uh, you, before I get into this, I want to give a shout-out to Mad Friars, yep. the fine folks at Mad Friars that put together their amazing recaps every day, um, and we paraphrase uh, from them. Uh, we borrow heavily with the uh, permission of uh, Mr. John Conniff. A lot of this stuff is cut, cut and paste, really. <laughs> <laughs> but we try to pick out the nuggets yeah, that are the, the highlights of absolutely. the week. Okay, so Wednesday night, Robert Hassel III had a bases-loaded walk-off double. In eight games this season, Hassel now has 12 walks and nine hits, averaging reaching base nearly three times a game. The 19-year-old might have looked overmatched playing in Major League Spring training games, but is dominating lesser competition. Before the ninth inning, the story was going to be about Storm's pitchers striking out 17 batters, including four by young Michael Meliano, who was pumping an easy mid-90s fastball by hitters, making them look silly when they'd swing over the top of a breaking ball. But at, but at 11 pitch at bat with one out in the ninth, that ended in a swing, bunt, single, became his downfall. Two pitches later, he was called for a balk. He walked the next batter, then allowed a home run that turned a one-run lead into a two-run deficit. The frustration leading to a big inning has been something the Padres have been working extremely hard with him on. See Chris Paddock with the big club. But the raw talent is there to make him a tantalizing prospect. You know, he's somebody that we've heard his name bantered about people yeah. that put together these top prospect lists. But I think this is his first taste of affiliated stateside ball. I've followed him on Instagram for six years now. Right. Yeah, but he's been in the DSL, yeah. and everybody talks about how electric he is, yeah. but he's so young, and they haven't really <clears throat> exposed him. So I've, I was thinking about this the other day, that there are so many people that never had a chance to make their debut last year. Yeah. Maybe they were in the AZL or the Dominican League the year before, and so we haven't heard their name so much, and now they're finally making their... So we have a record number of first hits and first inning pitch and first strikeout, first home run well, for and, all these guys. And that's kind of the cool thing about Lake Elsinore now being the, the starting point for you know the A ball. Right. We get him first. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so when you hear about somebody struggling after giving up a big inning, well, they've never had to deal with that right. as a pro before. Right. And a lot of these guys, they were the best at their level everywhere they've been. And all of a sudden, they meet that level where, okay, the competition here... 
they can pick up my fastball. They can read my slider. Yeah, they're not gonna they're not gonna dive. They're not gonna swing at the upper high or in the high pitch or mm-hmm. you know, something out of the zone. Uh, ending the report on a high note, though, is infielder Jordy Barley. Barley was one of the two J2 shortstops that were signed in the 2016 who has tremendous talent, showing flashes of a five-tool skill set, but has had problems putting it all together. In 2019, he led Tri-Cities in home run with eight. That's a gigantic field. And stolen bases with 14, but also struck out nearly 100 times in roughly 300 plate appearances. This year, in only eight games, Barley already has two home runs and six stolen bases. Eight games is an extremely small sample size, but it's encouraging that he already has that many home runs and stolen bases as he did in the last 30 games in Tri-Cities. All right, moving on to strike two. Again, we're leading off with Robert Hassel III. Uh, He doubled in his first at-bat to extend his hitting streak to five games. The first rounder has been an on-base machine to start his pro career, boasting a 282, 451, 590 triple slash while playing in every game so far this year. And he's also been stealing bases like crazy. Yeah, yeah. (laughs) <laughs> After the Joshua Mir slammed his first homer of the year. Okay, it was a laser shot that hit the scoreboard and left. It hit the top of the scoreboard and left. It was it was Mirzonian. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember in spring training, there hit, were a couple, and you yeah. hear the sound coming off his bat, yeah. and it, it's like Jorge Onya last year, yeah. where there's just this different level of power, and he's got it, and he's, what, 19? Yeah, absolutely. So, uh <laughs> the stout outfielder has had some growing pains early on, which isn't out of the ordinary for a player his age. Mears has struck out only in, has struck out out in roughly half of his plate appearances to start the year. Now, I, I don't have a problem with a lot of the strikeouts, even with the young new guys, um, even with the guys with the several years, and they were out all last year. Mm-hmm. So the ones that weren't at the alternate site are you know weren't seeing maybe batting cage. Um, you know, pitching machine pitches, you know, there's going to be that adjustment period. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, he's another one of these guys. It's his first taste of affiliated ball. Yeah. So, I mean, he's learning how to how to do his own laundry and how to, you know, all right. kinds and he's of a, stuff. And he's a big boy. And that swing is a little long. But I think, he, you know, as as he gets his reps in, that should, you know, strikeouts will hopefully probably will always maybe still be there. But maybe the power a little more average hitting for average will, will come. Uh, he's also going to grow into his body a little bit, so that power is only going to come easier. God, that'll make him like the size of Frank Thomas. The guy's huge. I love it. He's a big boy. Like I, I saw him on Saturday. I'm like, God, he's ripped. Oh. Anyways, for strike three Sunday, Australian Jared Dale connected on a bases-clearing triple to cap a three-day hit, a three-hit day. The 20-year-old added another 200 points to his OPS with a strong day. Originally signed as a rail-thin middle infielder in 2017, he's logged innings at all four corner spots for Lake Elsinore so far. I thought that was interesting because he was drafted as a shortstop. Yeah. He's played shortstop in Australia, where he's his native country. Yeah. And I don't think he's played stateside yet outside of the AZL. Nope. Um, and so... I was expecting to see him maybe move to second base, maybe move to third, but he was playing first base at the game that we went to last week. All right. And he's been in the outfield as well, so just move him all around and see where he fits. Absolutely. And I've watched him the past two years in the AZ, or in the, uh, in the AB, in the Australian Baseball League. All right. So, again, with Robert Hassel III, his continued stellar debut season, uh, reaching base three more times with a single and two walks. He also swiped his fifth bag of the season. Uh, he leads the circuit with 14 walks and has put together a 1.015 OPS in the first two series of the year. Yeah. It's just, it's, 
It's really easy for him. If you want to see him and you live here in San Diego, you better get up to Lake Elsinore yeah. soon because come midseason, I think he's going to be gone. He's going yeah. to be moving on to Fort Wayne. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Gabriel Morales tossed three more scoreless frames despite issuing three walks. The 22-year-old lefty from Venezuela was working in a tandem with Guarte, striking out 11 Inland Empire hitters while allowing only two singles and six innings in the series. Now, you didn't happen to see Carlos Guarate, did you? No. Because I remember seeing him at the... <clears throat> At the on-deck game, the whatever they, I can't yeah, remember that. Don Welke. Don Welke classic. Um, and he's he's a junk baller, but he's got the filthy stuff. He's a right-hander. He's not big. And there was some, there. I was catching a Luis Patino vibe the other day. when Because he pitched the home opener. And he's got an electric fastball, but he's got a slider. He's got a curveball. He's got a changeup. He knows how to pitch him. Uh, he's got the wildness. Right. Uh, but he works fast. He's got energy. He's got another baby rattlesnake. Yeah. Another baby rattlesnake. Yeah. All right. So moving on to Fort Wayne. Uh, strike one. Wednesday, friend of the podcast, Woo! Mason Faoli made his professional debut, tossing a 1-2-3 inning. The Padres will slowly build him back up to a starter to see if he can regain the form that led him to be the ace of the Huskies. So a little history lesson here for those who aren't familiar. Uh, Mason was drafted by the Padres knowing that he was going to have to go through Tommy John surgery pretty much right after the draft. So he's been going through rehab the last season and a half since the draft, and now he's fully clear he's not a rehab person anymore he nope. is a pitcher period um and so it's just so nice to see him yeah back on a mound and he pumps upper 90s oh yeah he does upper 90s and he's got a nasty curveball yes and he's got this delivery that's just like herky jerky legs and elbows coming at you <laughs> i think there's a lot of deception there because it's it's it kind of reminds me of mike clevenger a little bit okay how there's all these like angular motions coming at you right the last minute fires it yep <sighs> After going over 16 in his in the first series, Tercero Ronell has collected his first hit of the season, two doubles. He's really been off to a rough start. It, you know, and that's, once again, He last time he played was in the Mexican League. Yeah. In the beginning of the season, that's fine. And he had to get over his injury. Yeah, this is why we don't overreact for what right. happens in the first couple right. weeks of the season. Just, yeah, I, I want to proclaim all the great things that people are doing, but when somebody struggles at the onset, have yeah. some patience. It's fine, absolutely. Well, and... And with with Tirso, they, he's put on more weight. Like he is, he is now an Adonis. Like he wasn't before. He was. A, I mean, he was just chiseled. Now it's just it's ripped. <laughs> uh, it's ridiculous. Okay, on Thursday, Ethan Skender paced the Tin Caps offense with two of the club's five hits for the evening, including a double and a run scored. Although Skender's 24 and was drafted in 2016, injuries in the pandemic have led to his this being his first full season of pro ball. So far, he's slashing 306, 375, 446. USD alum Adam Kerner has had an RBI double. All three of Kerner's hits in his first pro season have gone for extra bases, including one triple. Now, he was drafted as a catcher right yeah well see he's an undrafted free agent right so what um, i just heard this from john i just texted john a minute ago and they have an article coming out on his interview with with um with adam he was at a summer league and sat next to logan white oh apparently on accident maybe okay and, and talked himself into a job all right it's like, <laughs> hey you never know you We're never know have, who's sitting who's you know, sitting in the earshot so if you're not going to pay for mad fryers for to get that article we're going to talk about it next week 
Yeah, but you should still pay for it anyway. Absolutely. Five bucks a month. Come on, put down the copy. Yeah, because we'll, we'll give you the Cliff's Notes yeah. version, but you're going to want to see yeah. the whole thing. Yeah. So strike three, Sunday in his third start of the season for the Fort Wayne Tin Caps, left-handed pitcher Ethan Elliott, who just made Baseball America's first hot sheet. I was nearly perfect. He retired five of the first six captains, uh, Lake's, uh, late captains, uh, hitters by strikeout en route to a 13 total strikeout in six innings of work. The only runner to reach base for Lake County against Elliott was right fielder Austin Wade, who singled the left center field in the third. Elliott promptly picked him off following the hit. <laughs> the last time a tin cap pitcher struck out 13 or more batters in a game was August 8, 2017, when budding big leaguer Pedro Avila set Fort Wayne's franchise record with 17 strikeouts over eight innings in Great Lakes. In the first start, in that first start, Avila had 12 strikeouts through six innings. Otherwise, on July 31st, 2017, another uh, rising major leaguer, Michelle Baez, struck out 14 hitters in six and two-thirds innings at Parkview Field against the Daytona Dragons. Like Elliott, Baez recorded 13 Ks through six frames. The second most strikeouts in a game by a Fort Wayne pitcher, Fort Wayne pitcher, excuse me, came in the inaugural season in 1993 when recent Hall of Fame nominee Latroy Hawkins struck out 15 for Cedar Ra- against Cedar Rapids. Latroy Hawkins. Latroy going back. The Mad Friars going. I think that um I think David J wrote that one. I believe they were an Angels affiliate at the time. Yes. <laughs> I associate Latroy Hawkins with the uh with, with the, the twins. With the twins, yeah. Twins but he bounced around a little bit. Um yeah. yeah. But hearing those names, Michelle Baez and Pedro Avila, man, Baez just underwent the knife. Avila is on his way back up. He's been pitching in Double A. Uh, yes, in San, in San Antonio. He's been. They've been using him as a reliever. Yeah. He's kind of been their closer so far. Oh man, we need to get these guys back. Yeah, and but then, that's well, awesome for Ethan Elliott. And I love that he picked off the only guy that got on base, so he faced the minimum <laughs> until he ran out of pitches. That is red. He's got 13 strikeouts in nine innings, I think it's saying. It's crazy. Yeah. And he's not a strikeout guy. No. But hey, if it, if it, if you, there's no reason why he can't become one. Yeah, maybe he is now. So moving on to San Antonio Mission, strike one. Thursday, Estuary Ruiz had himself a night. With three singles and a triple, the 23-year-old is now slashing a 333, 438, 481. Ruiz has bypassed, was bypassed for a 40-man roster spot this winter after finishing the 2019 season on the shelf and getting an invite to the alternate site last summer. Now playing exclusively left field, Ruiz has always shown elite bat speed and plus run times since the Padres acquired him in 2017, but struggles with contact and in-game decision-making. Well, it sounds like he's not struggling with contact so far this year. Right. So maybe some work he put in in the uh, with all the downtime is uh, reaping some awards. Yeah, and, and here's another thing. It, like, you know, we've talked about him for a few years now, and they're still developing. Like, these guys are still learning the game. They're still learning themselves. They're still learning how, you know, their approach at the play. They're still learning the game. Mm-hmm. So it's, you know, since we're talking about him, he's still having in-game decision-making problems. It doesn't mean he's, you know, a wash. Right. Okay. So he's learning left field still. Right. So do you dive for the ball or do you play it on a bounce? Uh, do you throw for the cutoff man or do you you know aggressively try to throw home? You know, maybe you throw to the wrong base, something like that. Maybe you step in front of the center fielder when you should have backed him up. Yeah. Little things like that. Things. So strike two Friday, Kyle Overstreet, who was at third base Friday, doubled and scored a run as a part of a three hit night. The 27 year old. God, I can't believe he's 27. Uh, playing in his third straight season for the AA, uh, for Padres AA affiliate, is off to a scorching 394, 429, 545 start in eight games. So he's been a catcher 
primarily. Yeah. Yeah. And they're using them a lot at first base and third base. So that's I, I like seeing the flexibility. Give the guy a little more opportunity. Yeah. If he continues to hit at 27, he, he can get a cup of coffee. Right. So with Taylor Colway getting called up to AAA, this finally opened up some playing time for Brad Zunica. Uh, he had a pair of hits, including a double in that game. And yeah. so now that he's had a little bit of opportunity, he's been killing it. Yeah. So I'm sure the Brad Zunica fan club out there uh, is uh, is rejoicing. The, it's the uh, Believe in Brad on Yeah, Believe Instagram. in Brad every day on Instagram. <laughs> on their story, it was like yeah. they were posting the lineup, and they're like, what gives? Yeah. Where's my guy? What happened? What happened, yeah. what happened to Believe in Brad, though? <laughs> <laughs> okay, so we are in the mission, so it is strike three. We have to talk about infielder C.J. Abrams. He has hit in seven out of the ten games for a total of 11 hits. He has drawn six walks as well. Sunday saw him connected. Connected. I, I'm trying to read that. Connected. Thank you very much. On his second homer to cap the scoring, adding to a single earlier in the game. The youngest player in AA Central League, Abram sports a 306, 382, 510 line. I wonder if he's getting pitched around a little bit. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, because there's not a lot of advanced scouting on these guys, but they know who the top prospects are. I know that they were throwing him really inside the game. I saw that every time he went up to the plate, back foot slider, back foot slider, back foot slider. Okay. And another, um, you know, now that the schedule has changed, where now they play six game series. Yeah. By the end of that series, they've had a bunch of looks at these guys. So now they're starting to build a little bit of a book. Right. So you see a guy like C.J. Abrams, you see his swing for a few games, and then you start to think, okay, maybe I see a hole. Maybe we can pitch him up under his hands, and he's not going to be able to barrel it up. Well, and one of the things that that the boys at MILB and Show Before the Show podcast were talking about with these long series that – there might be uh, instances of conflict and maybe even guys coming out of the off the bench. Okay. With, uh, you know, in the first game, someone gets hit by a pitch. You know, third game, the other guy gets hit. You know, something, maybe a bad slide into second base. They haven't seen any of that yet. The, the season's early. It, it is early. <laughs> yeah, but when you face the same team five, six times in a row, there's bad blood that starts to, yeah. to form. Yeah, absolutely. So moving on to El Paso Chihuahuas. Thursday was Mackenzie Gore Day. He sailed through his first inning, then got knocked around in the second and third. There was a ball that should have been caught that could have got him out of the inning. Um, he allowed three runs on six hits, including three doubles. He then put down seven in a row, capping it by striking out the side and flexing his arms, screaming while he walked off the mound. Yeah. And so there's a bit of this narrative that maybe he needs to be in competition um, for the focus to come back, right. for the adrenaline um, to start pumping a little bit. And I kind of feel like Chris Paddock had kind of the same thing going on, that you see him you know, that, that emotion as he's stepping off the mound to close right. an inning that was missing last year. Cause without the fans and without the whole scene, the energy, right. How energy do you reproduce that? Yeah. So I wonder if Mackenzie Gore needs some of that to really sharpen the, 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 the last little missing part, you know, and I, I watched that game and I watched it with, with extreme focus and that, and that second inning, it just, it, you know, the boss just got, you know, they, it seemed like he hit a couple of those guys hit him on their front foot. But they kept their hands back and it drove the ball. It just seemed like they were not they were they were hit hard, but it just I don't know, maybe ex, you know, maybe accidents. I don't know. I don't know. I, well, I thought he pitched fantastic. Sometimes hitters hit good pitches. Yeah. So that's as a golfer, I have to focus on the process, not on the results. Right. And I wonder if that's kind of the same thing that you execute, you throw your pitch where you want it, it has the bite you want it to. It's just that the the, the batter got the barrel on yeah. it. And it happened to fall, you know, in a gap. And he's a triple-A player. So this is a young kid playing in advanced hitters with, you know, with advanced skills. I thought he did fantastic. He 
threw uh, 83 pitches, 50-something on for strikes. Um, he didn't walk. I don't. Maybe he walked maybe one guy, but just it. You know, the first start you saw, he would throw a strike and then it would be two balls. Or it would be three balls and then he'd have to throw a strike and then walk a guy. Just, it, it wasn't there. This time it just seemed like he's a little bit more focused. I don't know if it's mechanics or if, like you said, it is having more competition. You're not seeing the same nine guys every day or every five days or whatever. Um, but I loved watching him walk out that mound. He struck the guy out. He's just like, yeah! It's like, oh! Well, there was a quote from Chris Paddock that he's... He he came. He had this realization that he needs to trust his stuff more. Yeah. So getting ahead in the count was something he did early, and so you're saying that uh, Mackenzie Gore was falling behind a lot. You and know, for having start, a yeah. hard time getting the first strike, getting behind two o one o counts. Uh, but you've got to trust your stuff to just yeah. come at it. And I'm going to bring it, and you're not going to be able to hit it. You need to have that confidence. Yeah. The changeup was just <laughs> the changeup was nasty. Um, and with Paddock, I noticed that he's also throwing a lot harder. Mm-hmm. Like he's hitting 97, 98, uh, consistently 95, 96, 97, which I think plays a little bit better than your 94 down the middle. Oh, for sure. Yeah, you get a little extra life with yeah. that added velocity too. Yeah. So strike two, Jose Cazada has put up all zeros on the scoreboard through three appearances. The right-hander is just five foot nine, but he has struck out 109 and 87.1 innings since the Padres drafted him in the 10th round in 2018. Friday, El Paso starter Brett Kennedy allowed only one run in five innings uh, in the Chihuahua's 6-3 to three win over the Albuquerque Isotopes. Copes. It was Kennedy's first win since 2018. Yeah. Robbie Podorski went three for four with two stolen bases for El Paso in his second game since arriving from A San Antonio. The Chihuahua's catcher Luis Camposano went two for four with two doubles. The El Paso reliever Evan Miller, friend of the podcast, pitched a scoreless inning and has allowed only one run in five and two-thirds innings this season. The team's ERA is 3.16, is the best out of the 10 teams in the AAA West, formerly known as the Pacific Coast League. It still throws me off. Like, right. I, I go looking for transactions, <laughs> and I type in Pacific Coast League transactions. And I have to, no, no, it's AAA West transactions to find that log. It's... Uh, so moving on to strike three on Sunday, just like the big league club, El Paso's current lineup is a patchwork, and the club keeps winning despite it. Chihuahuas got three homers and five pitchers combined on a five-hitter to cruise to their fifth straight win. Robbie Podorski, continuing his toward start to the year, hit his first homer in over two years in the first. In the third, he slashed a single to center, stole second, advanced to third on a wild pitch, then scored on a sacrifice fly in a sequence much more in line with his typical skill set. Yeah. The McNeese State product owns a 1.053 OPS across two levels through the first two weeks of the season, and I love manufacturing runs like that. Yeah. We see the Padres do that. And yesterday, with this whole thing about Manny Machado sliding in to, set, to under the second baseman, breaking up that double play, it, it, that kind of was part of that. You don't have that four-run inning if he doesn't break up the double play. Right. You, now you've got you got a runner on first. The game, the inning continues, and it was a clean play. It was a clean play. It, not a dirty player. Some people just need clicks. That's right. Some people just need clicks. But fellow outfielder Ben Ruda also went deep for the first time in El Paso uniform. Originally a 30-round draft pick from the Yankees in 2016, the left-handed hitter was selected in the minor league phase of the winner's Rule 5 draft. Interesting. I didn't yeah. know that. Yes, he was. So tomorrow night is Mackenzie Gore night. Oh, tune in. Be. Tomorrow is Thursday, five days. It should be tomorrow. Okay. All right. So uh, tune in that MILB TV. Absolutely. For for the Mackenzie Gore start. Uh, also, we're working on some things this week. Uh, we may have some interviews for you. Interviews. Hello. Interviews for you next week. We won't say who it is, but uh, it's up in Lake Elsinore. So we hope to have some of that for you uh, next week. Uh, until then, um, 
You can see me on Twitter at SD Donovan. You can find me at Zippy underscore TMS. Go Padres. Let's go Padres. Everybody's got a hungry heart.